been a few weeks since we've recorded anything. Yeah, we don't do the podcasts as much right now. Well, I've been very busy. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Buying a house and having a second child. A family. What have you been doing with your life? <laughs> Is that directed at me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a whole lot. Still working and um, alive. I have my health. Cool. For the most part. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start here. It's an so important thing to have. Episode 54. Who are you? <laughs> uh, the new Spider-Man title was oh, announced. Yeah. It's going to be called... Back to the Future. It's going to be called No Way Home. Oh, this is also breaking news. Nickelodeon just announced that they're going to create an Avatar studio where they're going to be making more Avatar content. They're going to start with a feature animated film. That is fantastic. And then they're going to move on to other content. Finally, they understand and are doubling down <laughs> on probably their most popular thing they've ever produced. What else is WandaVision still moving forward as an insane thing that happens each week? And then they start uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah, Falcon I think every Punch. week, almost every week this year, there's a new Marvel drip yeah. of content. I'm so pumped. Dang. And then all the ancillary Star Wars stuff is coming out, too, which is going to be cool. Steven, who do we have with us today? So apart from you, Gabe, in my life, I have other friends. No. And one of them... Is my wife. <laughs> one of them is here today. He's one of my best friends. His name is Scott Hendricks. Nice. Hello. That's his voice. You might have heard his voice talking up to this point. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Hades. A video game. The smash hit success. That is true. I haven't even bought a game in like two years, and Hades was almost the game that made me break my streak, because Hades is the kind of game that I think I'd rather play than watch, just because of the nature of it. Roguelites and dungeon crawls like that really appeal to me. Yeah, Hades is something that I've wanted to do for a while, and I just have not gotten around to because of busyness of life. And Scott and I have talked about it a few times, about how great it is. So today we're going to talk about the game itself, and then... You know, we're going to try to theorize, at least give our opinions on why we think it's as good as it is. Hmm. So earlier you said roguelike. Roguelite. Light. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get into like... Because I thought the technical term was roguelike. So there's technically two different expressions within gaming. Help me understand. Maybe maybe Scott could take the reins here. (laughs) Do you know? Uh, I don't know the defining factors between the two, but I do know that it is a Mm roguelite. And I feel like rogue light is essentially in the name it's a lighter version of roguelike yeah roguelike's a little bit more hardcore exactly yeah so there was a game like 40 years ago called rogue that sort of set up this it was kind of like in terms of uh, technical gaming it was like the star wars it sort of set up this whole style of gameplay where it's very hardcore there's stuff like permadeath and everything's procedurally generated it's like a dungeon crawl so you're moving through the world building your character and then when you die it's over and you mm-hmm. restart. And that sort of appealed to a lot of gamers over the last 40 years. That genre has just gotten bigger and bigger. So roguelike is something that takes a lot of those elements and can keeps them, like permadeath, stuff like that. Which means permanent death for you yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. For the casuals. <laughs> um, and roguelite uh, takes less of those elements, but still keeps a lot of it. So roguelite might have uh, persistent world building and stuff through different lives, which you see in Hades, for instance. You do a run of Hades or any other roguelite, and the world's still there. 
and it builds on itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is still a dungeon crawl game. You get loot and you build your character like any RPG. Um, Role-playing game. Yeah. (laughs) So Hades, I would call it a roguelite dungeon crawl hack and slash game. How would you describe this game? A masterpiece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or even just the premise of it or like what it's about. The game itself? Yeah. Kind of in the name, Hades. So... Hades is a game about Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. It's a deep dive into Greek mythology, isn't it? It's very deep. Yeah. Just from a, like a cursory glance, I thought I knew a lot about Greek mythology until I watched people play Hades. And then I realized all that mythology is so much deeper than I had previously imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, just watching like Troy with Brad Pitt and stuff like that. <laughs> Same. But you do see a lot of characters from movies and TV shows that you recognize, and then a lot that are entirely new. Straight from your history books. From, or straight from your history books. Yeah, you know, elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, and they have all these new spins on them, sort of. You know, like Dusa. It's Medusa's head, but mm-hmm. she's nice, and she kind of is obsessed with you in a way. And But it's just her head floating, and she's like a maid, I think. Yeah. The maid of Hades. She cleans the house. A lot of those characters, too, they kind of modernize them, and they make them relevant into like their sense of humor these aren't like homer's greek gods these are sort of a modern take on how their personalities might play Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. in the modern day is that safe to say yeah so the premise is that you're the son of hades yeah your name is zagreus which i still am unsure if he's an actual greek god or not or if he was actually in the greek mythology do you guys know that i think he's an original character oh okay but I'm not 100% sure. So your name is Zagreus. You're the son of Hades, and you do not like your father, and you don't like being in hell. So you want to escape hell. And as you're trying to escape hell, your kind of goal from the beginning is to get to Mount Olympus and meet all of your relatives who are like, you know, Zeus, Athena, Poseidon, whomever else. And those gods from Olympus start to help you along the way, along your breakout of hell. And then as they were describing what a roguelite or roguelike is in the game, essentially, if you die, you get sent back to the beginning and you progress in this story by accepting death and continually dying and building upon your powers and your skills and so forth. But it doesn't completely reset your progress, right? You keep no, some I of think, your stuff. I think that's one of the interesting things about this game. I don't know if other, again, I've never played a roguelite roguelike before, so I don't know if other rogues are that way where you die and the story actually advances and progresses. And you do lose certain things, but you gain certain things on what you ultimately start to call your runs. You go out for a run and you try to break out of Hades each time. It's in the name, roguelite, roguelikes. That is the essence of the game. Even when you beat it, you do start over. But just an FYI, you can kill Hades, but you come back. So do you know, is this game different in the sense that like in other roguelites, you don't progress the story in that way? Or are you always progressing the story in most roguelites? Like you, I have not played too many roguelikes or roguelites. Um, From the ones I have played, it is different in the sense that you get to continue your story per se. And you do have some permanence in terms of abilities and strengths. And there's resources you gain throughout each run. And some of those persist Mm -hmm. after you die and you get to spend them in the House of Hades the mirror of night or something like that Mm nix's mirror Mm -hmm. and there's other upgrades too you get a slew of weapons to choose from and even those have several upgrades and like gabe was saying 
throughout the run, you come across Olympians and all sorts of other potential upgrades, and they're called boons. Um, right. That give you extra powers on top of what you already have. And yeah. That's kind of the essence of the game is that you build your strengths as you go. And is it possible to do all that on one go? Like you, the way you play you through the game? You choose one weapon. You can also start to choose. You can kind of lean into like the boons that you think are good and you mm-hmm. try to. It reminds me a lot of like a deck building game. Right. Like an actual physical card playing with like Pokemon or something where you build a deck and you make that deck really good. And then you play against other people that have also made customized decks. This is sort of like you build your boons and you stack them in such a way where you in your mind think that it's the best possible way to get out of Hades to break out of Hades for the first time because to actually break out of the underworld is really really hard it takes a long time before you actually get to get out for the first time I have seen videos though of people doing it in one run fresh save and they get out before they've ever played the game well okay let's let's not get ahead (laughs) of ourselves here (laughs) natural talent yeah these are seasoned professionals so it's very hard in the beginning, right? Yes. Because you don't have any of those, you don't have a build. <laughs> Two of the developers from, I think, Supergiant um, react yeah. to a video of someone getting out for the first time. And wow. even they're blown away at, because of the difficulty of the game and how you have really no, nothing to go off of. And you're kind of at the mercy of the boons, which at later points in the game, you're able to kind of uh, influence to work in your favor in terms of what you want to get. Right. So they're entirely random early on, right? Yeah, you know, in in the reaction video, they talked about how there is only a certain amount of Olympians that were available in the very beginning. So more and more this world becomes open to you as you play the game. Yeah. And those storylines can kind of... Even the boons and and the Olympians that you run across, like you meet more as the game progresses. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the developer a little bit for a second. I don't know much about them. I know their name is Supergiant. And they made a few hits before this. So I think this game was already pretty anticipated by the time they announced it. And Yeah, they already had a big following before yeah, the 80s. Very the, big. Back in 2011, they released a game called Bastion. Or Bastion. I have played that one. You have? A big fan. And the soundtrack, too, is really good. Yeah. We'll talk about the soundtrack of this game. It's freaking awesome. Can't wait for that. Transistor was their second game in 2014. Have you ever heard of that one? I played a little bit of that one too. Okay. But all these games pretty much are the same in the sense of like deep, fast paced combat and then like yeah. a very rich world for storytelling. Yeah. And then they released uh, three years later a game called Pyre. And then a year after that in 2018, they released, I think, what they called like early a, access. a early access pre release of mm-hmm. Hades. Yeah. Which was sort of like a, like a beta version of the game. And that was out for like two years until I think it was September, September of 2020. And so people were playing this game for almost two years before it was actually released to the masses, which is pretty cool because one of the things that Scott and I have talked about before is how flawless and how bugless this game was. Like Mm -hmm. there's never any point where you accidentally get trapped in a wall or where, you know, something glitches out on you and doesn't work properly. Everything is super flawless and it only adds to the immersion of the actual game and the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Everyone does early access these days. Uh, but, but for I, two years like that? Sometimes, yeah. You'd be surprised, especially on Steam, how many games, even big games, will just sit in early access for years. BGs? Uh, yep, BGs. But particularly with Supergiant, what I thought was interesting is one of the ways they talked about that early access phase is that they really wanted to make the game that the players wanted. So they were able to get all that feedback from the oh. early access time. Yeah. 
And that's probably one of the reasons why everybody loves this game so much is because it's the kind of game they would want to play. Yeah. The kind of game they would hope developers would make, you know, is the kind of game you'd want to play. Yeah, true. Let's talk about that. Like why... What makes it so good? What makes it so good? Yeah, what... Gosh. <laughs> it's really hard for me to pinpoint because at first I really didn't like playing this game because... It's so hard. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. I hate being tested. Yeah. I like games to be easy except for like games like Smash Brothers, but I like to put it on the easy mode and just play through the story. They call that journalist mode these days. <laughs> in fact, there's a setting. I don't know if we talked about this in the Last of Us 2 podcast, but there's a game setting for that in the settings where you can turn off basically all difficulty and just become a god. Like huh. imagine where you're sitting out in your playthrough of Hades now with mm-hmm. all your boons and death defiances, and it's easier than that to play uh, Last of Us 2 on journalist mode. Interesting. You just walk through the game. It's like you're there for the story and not for the gameplay. Right, mm-hmm. right. But that's... That's generally me. Yeah, so you've yeah. never played like Dark Souls or anything. No. No. Okay. I have not delved into that realm for that exact reason. I also lean heavily into the... Uh, I play these games for enjoyment. Yeah. And enjoyment doesn't always come from frustration. That's true. So, so many people come to games for different reasons. But I think Hades... The difficulty level, at least early on, is maybe one of the reasons it was so successful is because you could then make the game easier. And in in like a Dark Souls way where it's not the game getting harder, it's the game getting easier because not only like are you getting your boons, but you're getting better as a player. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And like Scott, I too don't purchase games all that often. And I I am very selective with the games because I only have so much time in mm-hmm. my day or in my month or whatever. And so on our Discord chat, like everyone was playing. I was like, what the hell is this channel? Like, why? Yeah. what is Hades? And they're like, it's the game of the year, bro. Like, get on board. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, I bought it. I think it was like 20 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And not knowing even anything about it. I didn't look up any gameplay or anything. And then I hated it for like the first week and a half to two weeks. And Scott was like, you just got to keep playing. You just got to push past it. You'll start to get better. And so I did. And then it became super addicting. I was playing it almost every night for like three to four hours mm-hmm. for weeks on end. Yep. And I still have not gotten as far as Scott. I think you beat because there's multiple like endings in this game. Mm. And one of them takes like 80 90 runs or something like that yeah i mean that was that was the average um yeah but once you understand how to actually get the final ending you can streamline and you got the final ending right i do have i have gotten the final ending yeah because there's a few different endings and then you get like the final final ending yeah interestingly enough about the idea of purchasing games i had bought one game in 2020 i had planned on playing the game sakuna of rice and ruin yeah, peaceful gaming <laughs> it helps you it helps put you to sleep and there's a little bit of combat involved and i've played probably a total of five minutes of that game wow but yeah. immediately it was like yeah i just want to play hades did yeah. you know what hades was before you had started playing it i had heard of it i hadn't watched anything on it um i knew a friend of ours had purchased it plus sakuna rice and ruin and uh, like i said i was just interested in that and he actually recommended scott haddad a friend of mine a friend of Stevens as well. He had recommended that I try Hades and uh, I took him up on it, played it for an hour and that hour hooked me. Like Steven, I played several hours a night for several weeks straight, months maybe. Yeah, it's super challenging. I'm still trying to figure out why it's so addicting and because it's not the challenge. 
No. But it is at the same time. It's it's you want to do better. And especially once you start doing better, you want to do even better. I think you just nailed gaming in a nutshell. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are so many games that are like this, even like a MOBA, like Dota or League, mm-hmm. has so many elements of what makes Hades great. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. I mean, the graphics are really cool. Mm-hmm. The story and how that plays out is enough to play out like any good television series that mm-hmm. you binge watch or something like that so that you want to advance the story right the characters are interesting because you know greek mythology is just cool it's always been cool it's like one of the coolest parts of being in history and elementary school and learning about these gods and your mind starts to wonder about what that could be like and stuff the voice acting is amazing yeah it's unreal it's super super good these people nailed the voices for each character and that hooked me i think that was the thing that hooked me the most was the voice acting and how Mm -hmm. good that was and how the actors would read the lines and you'd want to play just to get to a point to hear the voices again and that was the thing that drew me in along with the music Mm -hmm. you want to talk about the music because i actually don't know that much i just know that it's cool uh spoiler i did not play with sound on for (laughs) probably a good eight hours initially yeah and uh, like a new game when you turned the sound oh it was 100 (laughs) percent. i generally will play them late at night and i just didn't feel like putting headphones in and Mm -hmm. i had played a couple of games prior without sound so it was just another game to me as soon as i turned the sound on heard some of the voices and the music it's hard to play that game without playing it with sound now Um, and if anyone is playing it without sound please turn the sound on turn it on (laughs) yeah do yourself a favor yeah uh the music though is fascinating it Super uh, fascinating. I mean, I'm not by any means a musician and, and, and I don't understand the entire process that went into it, but I would say it's a mix between orchestral, goth, rock, heavy metal at times and yeah. opera even. There's even yeah. some opera elements think, in there. I think you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's so dynamic with the game in, in that you move from one room to the next and depending on if it's a boss encounter or the shop, it just flows yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. And that's true. It's one of those soundtracks you can turn on and just vibe to all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And the composer... Darren Korb. Okay. There I, you go. I only know that because I he's he's scored all of Supergiant's games since Bastion, Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre. And the score for Supergiant game has always been one of the most definitive features of the game. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear if you like the music from those games because yeah. I know that they were trying for a very specific thing in this game that was like Scott was just saying. It's sort of like um, classical meets rock or punk or something like mm-hmm. that. And those two merge and so you hear these like what you would think of when you think of like classic greek mythology and orchestral mixed with like crazy punk or like you said heavy metal elements and it's just so fascinating Mm -hmm. and even the recording session on that youtube video yeah it's just so cool we'll play a track at the end of this yeah even if you don't play the game you should listen to it i think (laughs) you should and you should go then explore it's all on spotify too his older games because even going back to bastion which was like the theme was like it was a western Mm. sort of all of musical motifs super giant stuff rogue likes yeah they're all extremely similar they've been making the same kind of game but only getting better at it over time like i said both in uh the mechanics of the game like the hack and slash fast-paced nature of it but also the richness of the world and the storytelling and you take a company who can already do that with their own ip or their own world and then you use greek mythology which is one of the most fertile Mm -hmm. spots to do that in and then you have a masterpiece like scott said yeah 
This is a masterpiece. Honestly, um, it didn't actually win Game of the Year, but I think multiple critics and review sites and things like that rated it as their favorite game of the year mm-hmm. like in all the games in 2020 this was either number one or in the top like three of everyone's list mainly yeah. 10 out of 10s you know five star reviews things like that what did it lose to what did it lose to for game of the year i well for the video game awards i think it lost to last of us last two, of us two I think. Oh, okay but as far as indie games go it was pretty much head and shoulders above anything else yes there isn't like an Academy Awards for video <laughs> games. The closest you get is like Spike TV's VGAs, which is it's not very prestigious. Right. But it barely lost. Everyone wanted it to win. Mm-hmm. There was sort of an audible groan when Last of Us 2 won, even though it's a great game in its own right. But Hades was like, was really the game, I think, mm-hmm. that was the people's choice. And like you said, many critics were just giving it 10 out of 10s because every element of it was really, really freaking good. Superb. Superb, yeah. <laughs> a masterpiece any other reasons you think for why this game is so good i mean we could probably go on for days the writing is coupled with the voice acting Um, how does it feel to play like the hack and slash nature of it is it a set since i didn't play it i just watched it there's only so much i can gather from watching a playthrough versus like being the one on the sticks yeah controlling on the sticks on the river sticks yeah (laughs) on the river sticks nice but i imagine it's pretty satisfying gameplay experience it is Especially as you start to get into the boons and really start getting combos. Yeah. Like, what are they called? Duo boons, I think. Yeah. It's where you start getting like two different Olympians boons working together. Mm-hmm. It kind of just escalates from there. But um, I don't know. The weapons all are very unique. Yeah. Um, it depends on the weapon. That's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. It, it, if you're using the sword, it's definitely depending on the sword variant because there are variants of each weapon too. Mm-hmm. Um, or aspect should use the actual term. Um, it's very hack and slash feeling. Yeah. What about the mechanics here? So we've got, let's, let's go down the list. We've got a sword. We've got a spear. We have a shield. We have a bow fist Mm. and the gun. And then on top of that, you have a dash mechanic, which has some functionality outside of just dashing. You can get abilities that increase that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you also have a cast which is without having a boon, it's this little shot. It's like the Stygian blood or something like that. Little diamond that you shoot at. Exactly. Yeah. So the Olympian boons can change. Poseidon has one that as it's flying towards the enemy, it pushes everyone away. And then when it hits them, it makes a big splash. So it's like a splash damage. Classic. Yeah. (laughs) Aphrodite has this little, it's like a wave almost that just shoots out in front of you with it. Pretty big splash damage, but has a higher top end damage big sex wave yep sex wave uh that's my high school band it is not uh a sex wave just to clarify it's called it is a pink wave uh zeus has some sort of chain lightning functionality where it just bounces between enemies that's my favorite that one's cool yeah um but yeah so the those are kind of the basic mechanics around it. And then as you get deeper into the game, you have calls, which are also Olympian based. So they do specific damage, I think. Yeah. So Zeus, as an example, uh, as you're attacking or taking damage, you build up this God gauge. And at a certain point, you can do a small burst of your call or you can let it charge all the way and do a big, longer duration, bigger damage. I didn't even know call. that. <laughs> basically like thor and uh, yeah. thor ragnarok when he finally decides he's the god of thunder wow see it's things like this about the game yep 
you're always finding new things to love about it. Mm-hmm. And there's new little details. They spent a lot of time on this game. They did. And they're a small team too. I think, I don't know about where they are now, but when Supergiant started, I think they had a 20 man team mm-hmm. on Hades. They started out on Kickstarter, right? There was a Bastion was a Kickstarter project, I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah, hmm. they they have humble beginnings, but yeah. they've established themselves as titans of the no pun intended <laughs> of the indie genre, at least the roguelites and the yeah stuff like this. So, yep, one for the books. Yeah, this is a very good game. I didn't ever think I'd be doing a podcast on it. I didn't think I'd be joining a podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs> But here I am. Yeah. Nice. Would you uh, Would you recommend this game? We do recommend. I mean, that you check it out, even if you don't play it. Just go watch something from it. There's so much cool content on YouTube and stuff. Even if you don't play it, like Gabe said, we'll <laughs> listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, it's dope. It's fantastic. Darren Corb is a, is a genius. It's really cool. He is. What song do you recommend we play at the end here? Oh man, I don't know the names of them, but I know there's so many good ones. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to find one. Yeah. Anyway, Scott, thanks for being with us today. <laughs> yeah, for real. Thank you. I for really, really appreciate you coming. Yeah. And talking about one of our favorite games, if not our favorite game from last year, and continues to be mm-hmm. until Breath of the Wild 2 comes out or something. One day. Yeah. Or the heat death of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Whichever comes first. If Hades keeps going, yeah. it never ends for real. Yeah.